0: Welcome back to Calvary Life. This is uh, a podcast by Calvary Baptist Church for the members of Calvary Baptist Church and also for anybody else out there that's interested in uh, local church life. Uh, I'm Charles Uptane.
1: I'm Paul Thompson.
0: And today we have a guest with us. Uh, Introduce yourself to us.
1: Well,
2: I'm Pastor Moses from uh, Echoes of Mercy Mission, Kenya.
0: Yeah, Moses has been with us all weekend and had some Uh, meetings with our our folks uh, that have been on the trips. And then, of course, he was with us for church yesterday, Sunday morning and Sunday evening. And so it's been great just to catch up. And uh, so we thought a great uh, podcast today would be uh, asking him some questions, getting him a a few more minutes in front of us to just hear his heart and the heart of Echoes of Mercy. So, uh, Paul, go ahead with a question.
1: Obviously, Pastor Moses and Echoes of Mercy have been strategic partners Of ours, or we have tried to be partners with them in the ministry God's called them to do. And Moses, I want to kind of talk about two areas, particularly. Maybe give our folks who are listening a a sense of the context there, why particularly to be involved in this area. I think one thing that's very fascinating to our folks. You know, last year we did a missions conference there that was focused on widows. Yes. And Moses, give us give us a sense of the need that widows have there why that's a focus of your ministry, and really why are there so many? So maybe kind of that context, because we were just, we're just amazed. Uh, you know, more than 2,000 widows, I'm not sure what the final numbers were in that last conference, but tell us a little bit about the particular challenges and needs that widows have in that context and what you're doing to meet those. Well, uh, one of the things
2: that uh, I've uh, experienced uh, while uh, reaching this people group uh, they have been abandoned, nobody is uh, going after them. Even ministries, uh, churches that are around, you find it very difficult for them to recognize uh, this people group and uh, one of the challenges or several challenges that these widows go through, uh, one of these is uh, uh, they are being kicked out when their husband dies they are being kicked out from their property. Uh, they are being disinherited. And, uh, and and some of them are just, uh, uh, they can't be able to take care of their children because uh, they are not able to be married by any other person, especially when your husband dies and you have a child or children. Uh, people or men would not consider you as somebody who can be married again and so you have uh, widows who they stay wherever their husband left them for the rest of their life and struggling with their kids to provide food to them struggling with their kids to take them to the school and considering that these are widows from the villages where people live below a dollar and even sometimes finding that money in itself is very difficult. And even if they farm the land that they have, which is sometimes uh, less than one acre property, if they have any, they are not able to get enough food because they depend on rain. And sometimes that rain is not there. We've had uh, widows who people have gone into their houses at night and literally raped them. And so we have these cases, they report to the police station, and no action is being taken. And so it's uh, we felt, as a ministry, we needed to be God's hand and his feet to these people group by being able to provide for them uh, a place where they can come and uh, find solace, they can come and find encouragement. But not only that. Uh, Provide spiritual encouragement to them, and so every time Calvary has come, uh, we've had such a wonderful time. Uh, These widows have felt like, you know, they've come out from their home, going through this stress, painful moment, and right there they come at echoes of mercy come. campus and uh, you have Calvary's team showing them love and ministering to them the word of God and out of that we've seen them starting now to know their rights to defend themselves and they have been able to have a support group that yeah. just defends I mean defends them when they run into such difficulties and one of the neat things that has come out of this I never t- thought that uh, I was going to plant many churches, but suddenly, you know, through this widows conference that uh, we've hosted with Calvary Baptist Church in Kenya, they go back to their villages and the need for church plant. And so far we've planted 13 churches, wow. and more churches are coming ahead to be planted.
1: Yeah, I was gonna talk about some of that, just the, the encouragement of seeing the fruit of that um, number of those widows responding to the Gospel and seeing widows saved, and then. Some of those that are mature in the faith taking, taking that back to their own villages and things. You know, Moses, we were, I think when we think of widows in our context, we tend to think of senior adults, usually yeah, more yeah, elderly. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was maybe challenging for us to see when we were there the number of widows that are actually younger women. Yes. Um, yeah. how, what's the context it's, there? What's, what's well, the cause? It seems like there are so many and the need is so great. Well, like I said, uh, when
2: your husband dies, you automatically become a widow. Whether you are 19 years old, whether you are 25 years old, you become a widow. Because one, these widows are coming from the villages where their husbands grew up. It is in their ancestral land. And uh, these are poor villages and uh, no so mortality rates just high there for, yes, even for these young yes, men yes but, but what happens is this when you die when your husband dies the husband is buried in front of your door so when you wake up in the morning you see the grave of your husband and it was a sign traditionally that for uh, people not to grab your land because this widow, nobody else would want to marry somebody whose husband had passed on. And so, especially when you had kids. And so nobody would want that. And they were looked down upon. And so how, the only way they could defend themselves is, one, to bury right there on that property. And if somebody w- would try to steal that property, it would co- be considered abomination. Yeah, because it's right on the grave Yeah, But wow. now people have gone past that. They are kicking them away, and they don't care whether the grave yeah. is there. They still steal this property and kick them away, disinherit them. But one of the things that had led to many widows is, one, there was a spread of HIV AIDS that wiped so many men, I think men are vulnerable to such vices and diseases, and so wipe them. But I think women want to live because they have their children and they want to fight for their children. And so they take ARVs and medicine to prolong their life. And so, and then again, due to poverty, a lot of young people, they start riding motorbikes uh, without even training. So you have people who have died deaths caused by motorbikes, you know, accidents. And so every day we lose thousands of young people who leave their wives and children from motorbike accident. And then others are vulnerable to diseases, you know, uh, that can be prevented. And so you find many, many widows. Actually, if we would have wanted to host 50,000 widows in a conference, it is just one minute and they are all there sitting and hearing the word of god
1: wow so that many are within driving distance or to take the bus in or to that's, walk true. Or to that's well, true wow that's true and of course then that if that begs the other issue where there are so many widows then there are also going to be so many orphans yes that's true tell that's us a true. little bit about the heart of the ministry towards orphans at well, Echoes.
2: well as we served uh, as i was growing up um, I didn't have my mom. My mom was not there, and uh, I struggled. I felt I was an orphan when I was growing up as a little child. People brutalized me, beat me on the streets, and young people would gang against me, and it was very, very painful. So my life really, really was a hard life, even going through school to school was very difficult. I, can't, I couldn't even afford a uh, school fee. And I, I look back, and I look where God has put me today. And the only thing I can do is to defend those who have no one to defend them, those who are vulnerable in the community. And so God placed in my heart to go after the fatherless. And the Bible is very specific. Many times when we talk about orphans, we think an orphan is somebody whose father and mother are all dead. But the Bible, God calls them the fatherless. So we have the children of the widows who the widows themselves cannot provide for these children. We provide help to them, and those are the fatherless. Then we have total orphans who has no father, has no mother. And looking back to what the scripture says, you know, the Bible calls it pure religion. Mm-hmm. And, and these people are dear to God. And God calls them, I am their father, and I will care for them. If we don't want to care for them, obviously, God is still going to do something about these people. He's still going to be able to defend the widows. And so I put it in my heart that if I was going to be involved, one thing that I was going to make sure I do right is be honest and be faithful. And if I was not going to do that, then the curses of God was going to fall in my family. And I never wanted
1: to compromise that because God loves this people group. Moses, one of the things I appreciate most about Echoes of Mercy and your leadership, obviously the ministry that you founded and the Mm -hmm. ministry that is now growing Mm -hmm. there, one of the things I most appreciate is that you do this ministry in your own Hometown, your own home village, where you grew up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you would tell us just a little bit about that, you know, you, well. s- you spoke a little bit about your your growing up years, but that that God rescued you and <clears throat> God raised you up and mm-hmm. God redeployed you right back to that same place, the same ground, the same <laughs> village, same area. Well, uh, Pastor Paul, it's biblical, and uh, whatever
2: Jesus went through. I mean, He went back to his own people and his own people rejected him. And so I go back to my community and I see the pain. I see the broken world. I see the community is falling apart. There is a lot of alcoholic people. There is a lot of drugs. HIV is spreading like fire. There is nobody who is standing and defending these people. And I start to help them. I start to help the adults. And I'm like, they start to fight me. We don't need you here. We don't need, like, darkness, and these dark mm-hmm. forces comes after me. It's like I've ruptured demonic forces in the village, and they're coming after me, and they attack me, and, you know, they do everything possible. But you know what? In my heart, as they do this, I have the Holy Spirit. I have Jesus Christ. I have God, whom shall I fear? I purposely decided that I am going to make sure that this community is transformed. So when the adults people gave me headache, I turned into <laughs> children. And children loved me like crazy. And I built for them a school. Yeah, a beautiful and school. You're a beautiful school. And we purposely decided to be very intentional by educating these children. And today, I tell you, in a village where there has not been any graduates, there has not been any doctors, there has not been any professionals, top professionals, we just admitted two students who went through our institution to study medicine. We admitted two students. One of them is a widow's child to study law, to be top attorneys, and others to be top teachers in our nation. And this is impacting the world. Others to be businessmen. We are transforming that village. But let me tell you this. One of the things that happened, we are reaching these widows, and these widows are brewing alcohol everywhere in the village because that was the only means they could use to support themselves. We bring them to church. They give their life to Jesus Christ. our pastors to go to the village, to their homes, to destroy the pots that they are using to brew alcohol. Wow. And they turn their life to Jesus. We go in and build them houses. We bring them to the church and we give them money to support them so that they can go to the market and have something to sell. And the police could not contain the alcohol. But through our church, the whole community start saying, there is only one person who came to this place and cleared alcohol, Pastor Moses and his team. Wow. So one day the police comes to go and read alcohol, and they are thinking in their mind they are going to get bribe from this widow who had just gave her life to Jesus. And when the police came into the house, they found people praying. Instead of people drinking alcohol and they were amazed, they just turned with their vehicle and they've never come back to look after alcohol in our village. It is transformed, and that's given you a lot
1: of respect among the authorities, right? Around you, the police. I mean,
2: that's true. And uh, you know, when you work in a place like Africa, one of the things is people are going to doubt you, and people sometimes they're going to throw. Uh, barriers to stop you from doing what you you are doing or doing ministry. And so, but when they see the fruits of your ministry, the school is number one in the county. We are beating, we are above over 2,000 schools. We are top nationally. When they see the church, the only church that does widows' conference in the bigger community, they all, uh, I mean, You can travel, I think, all over the country. We are the biggest ministry that does widows' conference. And really, really, we become very, very intentional and meet their needs. We provide food to them. Like when Calvary Church came, and they provided each widow a pair of shoes and food. And, you know, you guys discipled them and evangelized them and taught them. We have over 250 salvation, but not only that, we gave them branded shoes, with the word, beautiful feet of the gospel. When these widows went back to their villages, they know any time they put on that shoes, they must be preaching the gospel. And so I went to one of the villages. We are planting a church there and they came to me, say, Pastor Moses, look at my shoes. I'm preaching the gospel. and I'm like so happy. (laughs) I say, wow, you know, your act of kindness, your act of love to those widows, will not go without a great reward. And I just pray that God blesses this church. I just pray that the people here catches this vision of serving the least of the least, those who have no one to defend for them. Of course, God says, I will defend the widows in their distress. He says, I am the husband to the widows. I am the father to the orphans. What an amazing opportunity that God has given us to be involved in the lives of those people that God loves. He says he's their husband. He says he's their father. And we say God is our father because we are believers in Christ.
0: Uh, one thing I want to ask about going forward, uh, you mentioned um, in a meeting we had earlier today, and I've also heard some of the team mention. That uh, added that widows conference. Now there's a need for a student conference, I and mean, I want our our people to pray for that. So just yeah. maybe talk for a second about what's coming up in in December towards that.
2: So uh, you know, uh, Calvary's team came to Kenya, and we had this conference. And when they were coming to the campus, actually, it was like a little heaven on earth. You know, <laughs> I did not know what was happening. So we come from Kisumu airport and about one mile to reach Echoes of Mercy we meet this multitude of widows on the highway. They stop the traffic and they are celebrating and singing and blowing transport and just a celebration up to Echoes of Mercy. We go in there at the campus, we found the place is flooded with people, so many people. And I remember Pastor Paul coming out of the vehicle and joining the widows. And I'm sitting there, I'm watching Pastor Paul consumed in the worship of the widows as they celebrate as the team enters echoes of mercy. It touched my heart. It, It touched my heart. I said, wow, God, you've honored us so much. Look at the man of God. He has humbled himself. He's in the middle of these widows and he's just loving it. Now, When they went back home after the conference, they started sending letters thanking Calvary, and some of those messages we've shared with uh, Pastor Mm -hmm. Paul and Stacy. But one of the things they said, okay, well, Pastor Moses, we are enjoying the things of God. Your church provides the best teachings. You teach us the word of God. People have been taking advantage of us. People, other churches have been coming and bringing prosperity gospel, tell us, telling us to give them money, sell our cows, sell our chickens, and 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 give the money to them. You have never done something like that. Anytime we come to Echoes of Mercy, the only thing we get is being blessed by the word of God, being served. And being ministered to, we would want you to host a conference for our children. And so I ask Pastor David, who is uh, our administrative pastor, uh, how many children? And we have 30 groups of widows, and they say from every group they are going to bring over between 300 to 400 wow. teenagers mm. and youths. And I said, man, that is twelve thousand. How are we going? How are we going to take care of this? So I say, okay, Pastor David, let's do this. Uh, w- between those thirty groups, let us have one thousand five hundred teenagers. And then Pastor David goes, But how are we going to finance the food and all these other things? I told him God is going to provide. Don't worry about it. You know, I'm a man of faith. I've done things by faith. You know, I've started buildings with one stone. And finally, the biggest children's home is built. The biggest, uh, you know, uh, dormitory mission house is built and a hospital and Christian school. So I told him, God is going to provide. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and I've always believed this, that anything you are doing for orphans or widows, even if you just start digging and putting one stone over foundation, God is going to take care of it. He's waiting for you to take a step of faith. And for me, in my life, I've never seen no- any task which is impossible for me. Never. Because One of the things that discouraged me, though, is uh, when I lost my passport and I was supposed to come to the U.S. And a friend of mine was telling me, you know, Pastor Moses, you can also get discouraged. And I was discouraged because I wanted to come and share about the plight of the orphans and the widows and the church planting that we are doing. And... uh, Without that passport and visa, I wouldn't come.
1: You know, that's just mm-hmm. one more example of how, <coughs> how Satan wages these little yes. little attacks. Yes. You know, yes. So just like that, yeah. the, the passport, the visa, the, not lost uh, but stolen, yeah. and your computer and all those things. They you know, broke in the car. But, and, can, and, but it and, doesn't stop you. And I had gone to defend a widow who was taken to court. But it makes you realize that this isn't just... This isn't just man's labor, this is spiritual warfare. That's true. Very it much is a on battle. the front lines. It it's is about. battle. battle. Yeah. But Moses, I want to ask you about this just real quick with the time we have left. This is mm-hmm. kind of a big subject, and mm-hmm. just going to get your thoughts on this. <clears throat> you mentioned the differences in approach for Echoes of Mercy, mm-hmm. and obviously planting a church where you're planting it, where you've planted there in, in the village where you're from, and then also these other places where churches are being planted. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit different than modern church planting methodology, which goes to these places where there's dense population and and there are financial resources to support it and where things can grow quickly. Mm -hmm. You're planting churches among the least of these, among people who can't support the building, who can't pay the resources, that sort of thing. So I praise God for that. But you mentioned the exposure that some of these widows have had, the negative exposure Mm to. What's called Christianity, and a mm. lot of that's prosperity gospel. Yes, yes. And so I think sometimes for Americans looking at, okay, so where are good <coughs> places to invest our missions giving, our missions money, our support? And you look at a place like Kenya, and you might see on the surface, well, there are a lot of Christians there. Yes. Kenya is one of the more Christian. It's not, obviously, it's not majority Christian, but that's there true. are more Christians there. Mm. But tell us a little bit about what we see as a predominant aberration, I would call it, not even aversion, but mm-hmm. aberration of Christianity there. Mm. Which is prosperity gospel. It seems yes. like particularly when we're in Nairobi and things, mm-hmm. those big churches are almost invariably prosperity I mean, gospel.
2: I mean, nobody wants to go to the village because it is poor. And even if you build a church in the village on Sunday, you may get an offering, $1 or $2 as they come to give what they have, and they're giving all they have. The best they can give sometimes is $5 if they try really hard. So no pastor wants to go there. And so villages have been left for people who... They wake up and say, I want to be a pastor. They, they have no knowledge of any training, no knowledge of any scriptures. They read the scriptures and repeat the same thing. And they lure people into a lot of vices that are evil. And one of them is taking advantage of them. One of them is promiscuity and other things that are really, really hurting to these people. Now, when you go to the cities... You have people who have come up with a, a conning mentality. That they plant ch- what they call a church. I don't call it a church, but the goal is to get themselves rich and come sell your property and bring it to me. We had a situation in Kenya where this man was telling people, it was on the coastal part of Kenya, he was telling people, well, c- sell your property and come and give it to me, and I will take you to heaven. And so people were selling their property, and it is on social media there. Somebody can Google on the, in, 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 in Malindi. People were selling their property, and they were going to him because people were so disparate, and they wanted to meet Jesus. Well, he put these people to fast to death, under security. And so when the government found out this, they were over. Many graves of people. Yeah, I remember reading about that while we were there. It was mass graves. Yeah, and so a lot of people lure people. And so I felt it is good to plant a church in the city. I want to do that. But how about these people in the village? But it where, does make
1: your work harder, doesn't it? Because it, it you does. have to
2: overcome those preconceived it, it, yes, ideas and it does. prejudices.
1: I, I went to plant a
2: church in one of the villages where everybody feared to go to that village. One of the things that had happened in this village was uh, there was a court system where you had the judge and the magistrate you know, having cases done in this place. And one day the judge was handling a case, and what happened is A dead man went and stood in front of the judge, and it was a shocking thing, and everybody ran, and that was the end of that court. Now, nobody wanted to plant a church in that village. There was these people, drunkards, and God took me to a drunkard's person's home. And you know the people who introduced me to this guy? They were the widows who were from the conference. And so many times they had wanted a church. Nobody wanted to go there. And so we go to this drunkard's person's home. I meet him. I buy crates of soda, you know, Coca-Cola. And people start coming, and we are drinking, and I send uh, some bread. And over time, we become great friends, and we end up planting a church there. But something happened that is amazing. I don't know how. So Betty, who is our uh, director of communications, and Pastor David, they go to this village and they build a church. I don't know how they built it. I don't know how they raised money. But I was in Nairobi when I went back. They told me, Pastor Moses, come and uh, launch a church. So I'm struggling. Launching a church? And so I said, well, That is an open field. What am I going to launch? You guys, I'm trying to raise money to build this church. Now, they had built a church. And so I told them, Betty, I don't know if I'm going to come because people are going to come there. And they are going to look at me. And they, they have their hopes that you know we're going to get money to build the church. And so I go there. And they insist at night they send me a text. And they tell me, Pastor Moses, you taught us how to do ministry. You have to be here tomorrow. And, you know, um, it's around 10 p.m. So I say, well, I will be there. So I drive myself in the morning, reach there, and they walk with me to cut a ribbon of a church building that they had built for these people. Betty and David, they did it for these people. Today we have this drunken man has become a deacon We have, uh, in that church, we have over 65 people. And from that church, we've ended up again planting two churches amazing what god does there
1: yeah, i love yeah, the yeah. i love the dna yeah that's being exported from church to church the expectation yeah. that we're yeah. going to continue to yeah. spread the good news yeah. we're going to continue to plant new churches for and some churches. and some
2: churches are under the trees some churches whatever they can get where they can meet yeah. and as we plant these churches men are coming and you you find pastors who have been wounded and they ran out from church they ran out from ministry they gave up other pastors say, I've done ministry all my life. I've been bitter. I've been in pain. I've never had joy. You know, I've been brutalized. I just feel people have been mean to me, you know. But for the first time, I'm finding people who love me. So I told him, Pastor, I love you. And I took him, to get into my car. I went to town with him, and I bought him two pairs of suits and a tie and a shoes and The pastor was just so happy. And I told Betty, we have to support this guy. So whatever way we can, let us find money to support him every month. And we started supporting him uh, $200 every month. And now he's just doing good. His families are going to school,
1: and great things are happening. I appreciate the the opportunity to contribute in some way, to partner with what God's doing there. It's a great reminder to our people, too, that... All of this is God's church everywhere. We're not not two separate groups of God's people. Mm We're all God's people. And things that are true in Kenya are true here. The gospel message is the same. People, Mm -hmm. though their circumstances, can be very different. The context can be different. Human needs are the same. People need Jesus, and Mm -hmm. they're hurting people everywhere. And I think... I think our partnership with Echoes of Mercy helps mm. us be a healthier church. Mm. It helps us to be more gospel focused, mm. and helps us to be more aware of how God is working in the world. And mm. we we believe the same things that you mm. believe, and we mm. want to see Jesus made known wherever mm. we can. So, mm. appreciate you spending some time yeah. with us and being well. Pastor, Paul, here. can I add something? Yes.
2: I mean, uh, over time, uh, we started praying and. Uh, the widows were praying because we were doing ministry and uh, we were feeling like we need uh, people who can encourage us, people who can stand with us in this battle, you know, because we deal with uh, the most uh, vulnerable uh, people, the most uh, people who have gone through it all in their life. And so when Calvary Baptist Church came along us, We felt, number one, it was an answered prayer. But not only that, we felt God purposefully sent you to us to be involved in his work and his mission with us. And so everybody there is very thankful. And I just want to say that on behalf of Echoes of Mercy, Widows, Orphans, Children, and Churches, that we are very, very
1: thankful well, thank you, most We feel like you, you and your ministry, are an answered prayer for us too, and the sort of things we want to be doing more and more. You know, we want to be we want to be as as fruitful as we can. Mm-hmm. You know, we yes. want to we want to use the Lord's resources the best that we can. Yes. We don't want to just consume the blessings God has given us, Amen. but we want Amen. to convey those blessings to those who need them, and and really be. As we prayed often and said often here, we want to be sharp instruments in God's hand Amen. to place us wherever He will, so mm-hmm. to whatever end you can you can put us. And it's interesting, I'll just leave it here, Moses, it's very interesting how yeah. um, it really is a small world, and God puts things together, and even relationships we've talked about before, people that know you, that I know, and how yeah, God puts things together from true. Dothan, Alabama, all the way to Nairobi, Kenya, and, and it's all all of God. It's and, amazing. And God is, God. God is a great God. Yeah. So, man, we appreciate you much, and I want to challenge anybody who's listening today, any of our Calvary folks particularly, add to your regular prayer routine, uh, Pastor Moses and Echoes of Mercy, church and ministry, the school, the orphanage, the church planting, all those things, and prayerfully consider how you could be a part of this. Um, we'd love to have you come and go and be part of a mission effort with us um, there are always needs that's, that we can be working towards and contributing towards and projects you can be involved in and certainly making it a, a daily part of your prayer life amen. will be a huge benefit
0: amen so amen. um uh, once again just moses is great to see you and and spend some time with you today and um <laughs> thank uh, if, you if you have any uh, those out there in the In the listening audience, if you have questions for us or things you'd like us to cover on the next podcast, just uh, send us an email at podcast at calvarydothan.com. We'd love to hear from you and uh, pick up the next uh, uh, discussion next week. And uh, remember, we are for God, for Dothan, and for the world. Amen.